Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freud, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be starting a new series today. A new series called Monuments. It's, um, I'm excited too, because what, what this, this is going to be a series, and, and the interesting thing about this is I have no idea how long this series is going to be. <laughs> um, my goal in this is to use monuments that I know of or that I discover primarily in the central New York region, but we have people throughout, you know, the world literally listening, but, mm-hmm. and today's monument certainly isn't a central New York one, but to, um, tell the stories behind the monuments and then illustrate leadership lessons in that story. So today, and, and actually this is really fitting because, um, last Friday was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Mm-hmm. And so Monday of this week was the national holiday when you know banks were closed and mail didn't get delivered and kids didn't have school and it was Dr. Martin Luther King Day. So I right away thought, you know, this this would be an interesting monument to write about because I now you've you have never seen it, right? I have not, no. Okay. Um it was probably five years ago when my son Tim and I went or it will i think it will be five years this coming march um it we went to washington and and tim had never been to washington but he's he's really uh and that's how bad a parents i was you know parent <laughs> i was he's you know he was 19 years old and had never been to washington yet um but anyways he had time it would, we went during his spring break from school and i took a few days off and he's a real history buff as i am and so we we really spent uh three or four amazing days in Washington. Um, one of the very neat things was we were, we thought we were going to be the first group to tour the White House after it had reopened for tours because we had like an 815 tour. And believe it or not, there was a 730 tour. <laughs> so we were not the first tour, but we were the second tour once the White House reopened. And then another really neat thing about that trip was being able to, um, our congressman, um, one of his aides took us over to the Capitol building. And while we had toured the Capitol on the, the typical guided tours, we were given a tour by our congress, his congressional aide, which took us under the road where the congressmen walk as they're going to the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we get to this one spot, which was really interesting because they said, you have to take everything out of your pocket. I'm like, what? It's, she said, everything. Wallets, cell phones, got to leave it right here. So we did. And next thing you know, they walked through the door and we literally walked in the front of the house chamber, you know, and you don't realize it till you get in there. And Oh, my goodness. This is where you see the State of the Union being done. But so it was, it was kind of a neat thing for somebody that's as into history as I am. But what we did um, one evening was we decided to walk to the mall and, and just start looking at monuments at night. And... We were walking along, and, and it's beautiful at night. I've got some really neat pictures of, you know, the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument and looking down toward the Capitol. But all of a sudden, I made this one turn in between these stones. And there on the one side of this stack of granite boulders is the monument to Dr. King. And it was, it, it was startling in how massive it is. 
I think it's 30 feet tall. That's what I read. Um, yeah, and this granite, the way it's illuminated, it looks white. Mm-hmm. And you see this amazing image coming out of the monument, but it's not finished. Like, because I actually have a picture of it up that I took up on my iPad right here. And so you see like, you know, his head and his shoulders and you see, you know, right down to what might be his knees and then his back and and where would be his, you know, his shins and feet is still just granite. And he has this look on his face, like he's pondering off into the future. Um, his arms are crossed, and in, in his left hand is what my guess would be the speech that he gave, the I Have a Dream speech, um, rolled up. And it just, it was so striking. And as I looked at the monument, I was trying to think, so what does the monument tell us? First of all, it's massive. And it and it and he looks so um, strong in in the in the image, but it's not finished. And what I thought about that was, and this may be the reason it may not. I didn't look it up. The monument isn't finished because his mission hasn't finished yet. His vision hasn't been complete. And that's one of the things we need to think about monuments. So, you know, why would I talk about monuments? Monuments, certainly you don't build monuments for perfect people because there are no perfect. But monuments are there to remind us of what was and to encourage us to strive on to complete whatever that lesson was. And so every monument, like I said at the beginning, every monument that I talk about, I'm going to pull a leadership lesson out of. Mm-hmm. So what's the leadership lesson out of Dr. King's? Um, there's a quote that I want to read that Andy Stanley wrote. Andy Stanley wrote a book called Visioneering. And in his book, he said this, a vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction of what should be. I'm going to read that again. A vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction of what should be. Dr. King was a master at that. He was a master at casting a vision with a compelling reason why his vision should be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, now is when I asked the question that I, <laughs> I was going to ask, because I don't think about him ahead of time. So when you were growing up, what did you know about Dr. King? Uh, I, well, we, we studied Dr. King and his, you know, his civil rights movement and his work in school for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think I wish would have been further emphasized, I think, you know, you touched on it earlier, like it's a holiday, it's a bank holiday, it's a school holiday, Yeah, but it it's really not, it's a, it's a day of of remembrance. Right. And that's where I think there's the disconnect. Yep. Um, we, we spent a lot of time. I, I remember even in college, uh, I can't remember what class I was taking, but, um, studying him and his work and, you know, watched movies and read a, about him. And, um, but I think the part that was missing was, was finishing out or continuing on his legacy. 
and that mission yes. and that vision. Um, right. And I really like the the leadership lesson that you you pulled from this because if, I think we when, when looking at vision, we stop at that first half, right? Right. Our vision is a yes. clear mental picture of what could be. Yep. Comma fueled by the conviction of what should be. And that's the part that I I think gets lost or forgotten. Right. And and now as an adult, you know, think as a kid, you can't process this as well. But as an adult, you certainly can. And I think um, you you hit the nail on the head. And I, I, I really like it. We we did not Google why the monument was unfinished, but I do kind of like the conclusion that you've drawn that his work has not yet been finished. Right. And that's really powerful. And I, I wish I have seen I had seen this monument. I think the last time I was in Washington, DC was the year before this was finished. So okay. so I, I haven't yeah. even been there. But it looks I mean, it is spectacular. It is. It is. And, and, you know, and, and when I first saw it, it was like, why didn't they finish it? But then the more I, and this is, so a good monument will do this. A good monument will convey much more than just, we're remembering this person. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a good, you know, if I'm thinking about, and I haven't, I haven't given any thought to it, but if I think about the Lincoln Memorial, you know, um, what's behind it? Like, well, we know it was Lincoln. Lincoln was an amazing president, maybe, maybe the greatest president we ever had, you know, in terms of what he accomplished. But there's, there is still this, this massive edifice, if I want to call it that, that, that is, is to his ideals, not just the man. And with, with Dr. King, it's like, yes, this is a huge monument, but it's not finished because we need to continue his work. And his vision, and and so one uh, Simon Sinek one time said he calls it the school bus test. He said you will know that you have truly communicated your vision when if you got run over by a school bus. I know that sounds morbid, and you were killed. Your team would report back to work the following day with the same passion to pursue your vision. Mm-hmm. Then you know you've cast your vision well. Right, the, and the, and I think the key there is the same passion, not necessarily an understanding of. Right, but there's that yeah. internal drive. Yes. To move it forward. Mm-hmm. And so when when I say that Dr. King was able to convey the why it should be, I want to just use you know his most famous speech probably that anybody if I said what's Dr. King's famous speech they'd say I have a dream. Mm-hmm. which was which was true it was i think it probably is it's probably one of the the most famous speeches it, i think it rivals up there with the gettysburg address mm-hmm. you know in being a very pivotal speech um and i i actually i asked someone this question i said do you think i'm overstating it to say that dr king was the greatest vision caster in the history of our country and and the person that I spoke to said, I don't think that's overstating it at all. He's in the same category with Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge statement because Lincoln was, you know, casting this vision about a unified nation and, and literally 
and, and also being able to cast wise. So if we think about the, the, the uh, I have a dream speech, he starts out by connecting to the past when he, he uses some phrases um, like we sit in the shadow of the symbol of uh, symbolic shadow we stand today is, is, is Lincoln's. Okay, so he's there, he's talking about Lincoln. Um, and then he references the founding fathers and the, de- and the preamble to the Declaration of Independence. So he's not saying, hey, I have an idea that we need to have civil rights in this country. He is saying this country was founded on a principle that all men are created equal. And so he, he brings anybody that heard it or read it would be drawn back to the preamble to the Declaration of Independence. In his speech, he also references the Constitution. And then another thing that he does that is really so neat is he he begins to recite phrases from the song all the elementary school kids learned, at least learned when I was in elementary school, My Country Tis of Me. So he's not giving you something new here. He's going back to what was and what's well established with these words, my country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountain side, let freedom ring. So now we all, we're all in tune with the song. And then he goes on to talk about, well, where should freedom ring from? And, and he literally starts talking about um, the hills of New Hampshire. He goes to the mountains of New York. He goes... Uh, to the Alleghenies, um, he you know he, he basically takes you from east to west and north to south, talking about snow-capped mountains of Colorado, and he he's drawing everybody in to his vision with this compelling reason that it absolutely should be. Now, there's something else in the monument that struck me as I was going back through his um, I Have a Dream speech. There is a phrase in his 1963 speech that says, Hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. And I'm just wondering, did the artist that conceptualized the monument take that phrase to create the monument? Mm -hmm. Because clearly hewn out of that stone is the image of hope because really that's what Dr. King was most, you know, yes, he was a civil rights leader and yet, and he was all about peaceful protest. Um, sadly, he was assassinated far, you know, and ended up dying far too young. Um, but he, it, it, his, his speeches were so hopeful. Just the way this, this one here, I have a dream. And it was that phrase continually. I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. And you all wanted to have that dream with him. That's the leadership piece that I got from Dr. King. And I was kind of glad to be able to see the monument because it's impressive. Mm-hmm. So what do you think we can do perhaps in our own circles to move away from, okay, this is a day. Cause really I, this Martin Luther King day was like an extra day off school two weeks after school began in January. Mm-hmm. And my, yes, I learned about Dr. King. You know, um, but 
we didn't hear the why enough. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what can we do to help reshape the concept of the day? Because I love how you said it should be a day of remembrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a, a typical response from me, but I think we can't necessarily rely on our schools to do this. It's for, right. for kids. I think for parents to talk to their kids about Dr. King and his work is probably the most meaningful, meaningful way to handle it. I, I yep. think about it. If you do, you know, if your kids do have the, the day off from school or did, um, that's an opportunity to use that time to, to teach them and to talk to them about, his work and the, the work that is still to be done. Yes. Cause there is much work left. There is much work left to be done. And while what, you know, while what they study in school is useful information, it's more of a history lesson than, right. than something to spark progress. So yeah. I think that, I think it's, it's something that would start in the home and, um, Agreed. Yep. not just looking at it as, a long weekend. Right. And I, I think a lot of um, people are, people are talking about this now for, for many of these, uh, you know, quote bank holidays mm-hmm. and retailers have come under fire because they're, ha- you know, they use it as an opportunity to have a sale. Sure. Right. And it's, it's really important that we don't let the influences of society, um, allow us to forget right what, what the day really is perfect perfect and you know that's the way um i've been talking about the change your world book that's coming out and 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 believe it or not i got my book on saturday fedex huh. dropped it off no yes yeah yesterday or maybe it was friday i don't know fedex dropped it off um but you change your world one person at a time mm-hmm. it's not going to be a mass movement and I love how you said, you know, I teach my kids what it really means. And, and to, you know, we see the same thing when we get to Memorial Day, when we just think, oh, Memorial Day is the kickoff to summer. No, not really. Mm-hmm. Not. Day to remember those that paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have freedom. And, you know, we're going to have a President's Day sale. Well, wait a minute. You know, whose birthdays do we commemorate? Mm-hmm. And I like how you said a remembrance that maybe we need to be much more intentional about remembering. And, and I guess it fits perfect with the monument. So maybe this needs to be the theme, Marissa, that we have as we do the monument series. Is This is really a series about remembrance. Mm-hmm. Not that we long for the past, but that we use the past as an anchor and a foothold to move to a better future. That's kind of the way I think. Mm-hmm. So a little bit shorter the normal, but that's okay because people can spend the rest of the time thinking about, you know, what is their recollection? Dr. King. Everybody should just go do a YouTube search. You just quick YouTube search. I have a dream speech. And you will be amazed at the power that this man had. He could speak and really inspire people and give us not just the vision of what could be, but the reason why it should be. Mm Anything exciting happening in your family? Oh, well, we're still waiting for some snow to do, to, to do some of the things on our bucket list. Um, 
It's been a bit strange, really. It has. But, you know, but, I, I don't really mind. <laughs> yeah, in one hand, they're like, oh, I really love the snow. And then the other hand, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of okay with this right now. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to get much worse than this, so. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling it will come. You know, the window that I look out of here in my office at home, I remember last winter, the entire window well being covered with snow. Mm -hmm. And it's a big window well. And it was just, there must have been, um, I think it might have been one of our storms where we got like 20 some inches of snow. And it just, just about closed it off. So my, I, have a, I have a feeling we may still get that before we get to spring. There's still plenty of time. <laughs> there is still plenty of time. It really is only the middle of January. Mm -hmm. So next week, let's see. How do I introduce next? How about this? Name was William. Okay. Keep us guessing. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page. <laughs>